A quick survey of modern culture, popular films, and trending practices evidences the truth of satanic influences of our current social and spiritual reality. Spiritual realities, whether or not people are aware of them, surround us constantly. However, all too often, many seem to not have eyes to see or ears to hear. The body of Christian faith largely is unaware, ill-equipped, and ill-informed of the dark forces that create great deception, domination, and divisive barriers amongst humanity. Many times, we reduce these dark forces to metaphors, yet at this particular time, one of the most needed ministries in this hour was prophetically told by the ancients is deliverance. In this episode of Keep 100, we will talk about these crucial topics, plus have an interview with the author of The Sound of Freedom, Jenny Weaver. Welcome to Keep It 100 Podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight, your real inspiration. This podcast is for those not looking for temporary relief to change circumstance, but revelation to forever change lives. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Keep It 100 with Sean and Krista Smith. Hey, everybody. Hey, we love to keep it spicy around here, as you know, and this episode promises to be one of the more flavor-filled yet. Absolutely. You know, Popeye's not only has the classic, but they also have spicy chicken. So we're going to not only just (laughs) bring the classic, we're going to keep it spicy. You know, on a more serious note, obviously, all of the world, our nation, we saw the verdict come in on the George Floyd, Derek Chauvin case. And honestly, I was bracing myself for the fact that it might be the non-guilty verdict. And I was relieved to get that verdict in. And actually to quote a person that worked in the police department, I thought this quote was very fitting. He says, speaking of this whole verdict, obviously the, the three counts came in, they were guilty on all three counts. This is the quote, this is an opportunity to look inside, to look inside us as a culture, as, a, as police departments, and as human beings, and to see opportunities for change. And so many people were talking about, you know, justice being served. And I recognize it's such a layered situation, but really, I don't know that it was so much this super aspect of justice as much. It was just accountability that, hey, if you do this to another human being, we have to hold you accountable. I love that. And it is. It was such a decision of accountability that I think sent a message that's been much needed and we've been waiting for. And there was, I think, Eugene Cho, he had this quote on social media that I thought was really powerful. And he said, there's been a collective exhale in the nation where I think there was many of us holding our breath because we needed the accountability. You know, four witnesses testified off camera concerning the George Floyd case because they were minors last summer, including a tearful Darnella Frazier, who was just recently turned 18. So of course, she was able to come forward publicly. She's the one that actually took the infamous cell phone video seen by millions of people of George Floyd with the the knee on his neck, the horrific footage that was captured, that was her cell phone. And really, if not for her, this case might have never happened. You know, Frazier, she's this young girl, and she said the incident has forever changed her life. She said, when I look at George Floyd, I look at my dad, I look at my brothers, I look at my cousins, my uncles, because they're all black, she said. And, you know, she realizes it could have been one of them, one of her family members. And she says, it has been nights that she has stayed up apologizing and apologizing to George Floyd for not doing more and not physically interacting and not saving his life. And it's just so important to our listeners that I don't think this is some sort of blanket statement in terms of anti-blue because there's some tremendous people that serve yes. you know, police officers 
Mr. Chauvin's trial, uh, the guilty verdict, you know, people asked, are you happy? I think happy is the wrong word. You know, when you think about a life's been lost, uh, juries can't raise the dead, uh, but I believe there's a lot of work to do. But one decision can definitely begin a trend that could change things that I think are so important. You know, there was a decision for accountability with George Floyd. And I'm grateful for that. I know Sean's grateful for that. I know many people are grateful for that. But for meaningful change, however, we must stop fighting and acknowledging our shared humanity. And that means understanding the pressure that police officers are under. That's right. Not all of them are bad, but yet there has to be an accountability within our system. And we have to provide police officers with tools and training for optimum decision making. They're making decisions in split second situations, and there needs to be better training clearly. And it means knowing fully that a person suspected of committing a crime is still a person living out their precious life. So accurate. And this really connects us with what is going to be the latter part and really the main crux of this episode, Krista. And that's it. You know, I think we got to get to the root of the problem because the devil's primary strategy is to disguise his activities so it appears that someone or something else is to blame. So if I could make that very plain, he wants to get our attention on his instruments, his hindrances, and that we end up fighting and wrestling with them so that our battle will be directed against the symptoms and never against the real source. You know, it's like a decongestant. We all know that that will help relieve a stuffy nose, but it's certainly not going to cure the common cold. So likewise, I mean, you and I can fight with the symptoms of the devil, but you're going to end up with the problems until you deal with the source and you close the doors that you've opened or you break agreement where you've agreed with the enemy. There has to be a severing the ties with the demonic until to get to the root of what's actually going on. If you don't get to the root, you're not going to get the freedom. And in light of that statement, Keep 100 Tribe, we're super pumped to bring you our interview with Jenny Weaver. Jenny Weaver is an author, prophetic worship leader, minister, former Wiccan, and now we'll just cast the devil out of you. <laughs> yes, she will. Listen in on this amazing conversation that we just had. Jenny, I am so excited that you're a part of the Keep It 100 podcast. Thanks so much for just taking time to talk with Sean and I. You know, I tell you what, we have admired what God's done in your life, and your story is one that is so powerful. Hey, I'm so honored to be with you guys. This is amazing. And I cannot wait to share with your audience. I'm just happy. Yes. I'm just honored just to be a part. I think for our listeners, this is going to be a divine appointment for a lot of people. You know, I'd love for you just to open up and share your story because I think everything we're talking about is what you've walked out. And I think people hearing your story are not only going to be in awe of who our God is, but they're also going to have some aha moments as to maybe some things in their own life. Yeah, so good. So my story, um, I was born addicted to heroin and my wow. mother was a heroin addict. My father was the heroin supplier. And um, so wow. basically, you know, like I've written in my book is the enemy tried to kill me before I was even out. He, he literally tried to kill Ooh. me in my mother's womb. You know, that was over my life, that addiction. 
um, and I had to go through the mm-hmm. withdrawals and all of that. Well, beautiful stories that my mom got saved uh, through my birth. Wow. She watched me withdraw. She cried out to the Lord and the whole thing happened where God revealed himself to her and she committed her life and she's been saved ever since that day. But as I was wow, growing up, on. but I grew up in, uh, my father got saved as well. And I am one of eight children. I'm the second oldest and we're all mixed. We all look alike. My my dad is Jamaican. My mom's Irish. So we had this blended family wow. and I was brought up in church, you know, cause my parents got saved. And so I remember church, but I remember a part of church that people may or may not understand. And it was, um, it was a very dark type of church once we got into it. Mm. And I, I talk about witchcraft infiltrating the church world. And I don't think people really understand what kind of life this was for us. We were in a, a church where it was mask on Sunday, but behind the scenes, there was a lot of abuse happening. Even in my own home, we were severely abused. All of us children were my parents. You know, I'll say this, that they didn't receive love the right way. So they didn't know how to love us the right way. And so right, we right. were really beat, really abused. And in the church mm-hmm. that we went to, there was a lot of abuse of the church members. I mean, to the point, Krista, like legitimately, this is going to sound crazy, but I remember there would be church mothers. They would sit separate from the congregation and me being six years old, seven years old, sitting on the pew, watching the full church. And all of a sudden these older women, they would just all of a sudden put their heads back. They would literally throw their heads back behind them was a wall and their heads would lay on this wall. And the the people of the church, the members would run over, take their shoes off and then bow before them. Like this is legitimately a so-called Pentecostal church. And the women would stand up. They were very, very old women. And they would stand up and cross their hands over. And then the pastor would stop preaching, turn to the women and say, who are you? And the women would have a whole new voice and say, we are, or I am. And they would name angel, angel name. And they would start giving words to people. They made my mom kneel down. They would say, you have lust towards brother Daryl. My father was right there. You know, so they were really abused. Oh my, oh shame my. The people. It was crazy. I remember they made us take no, that's crazy. Of, um, pills and we couldn't leave the church until we like went to the bathroom in front of the elders. Like it was very strange. They made us lay on our stomach for hours, children and all. We couldn't come in the sanctuary with our shoes on. So strange things like that. Needless to say, that kind of demonic um, influence started to creep in. And at 13, I wanted to kill myself. I felt the demonic realm surround me from the time I woke up to the time I went to sleep. I would see shadows. I would see figures coming out of the closet. I didn't want to go to the bathroom as a young girl. And none of, nobody in my family did. None of us brothers and sisters did. And so we all legitimately wet the bed almost every night. Sure. Of monsters yes. that would kill us if we stepped off the bed. And so um, I started to cut myself about 13 years old. I came home from school. I was being bullied. I started to develop vitiligo, which is white patches on the skin. And so, you know, kids were not like, oh, we champion you. We support you. It was like, what's this? So it was a very different thing. And so of course the kids bullied me and then I'd come home and I would be beat and bullied at home. And then we would go to church and I experienced extreme, just weird stuff 
stuff there. And so what was the devil doing? He was pulling me away from my godly purpose and destiny in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. And I began to cut, cut. I remember one time, mm-hmm. Krista, I had 56, I had counted them, 56 cuts all over my wrist. I would wear long sleeve <sighs> in summer in Florida, a hundred degrees outside, long sleeve. And I was hiding it. And I remember going over my friend's house and they were watching a movie called The Craft. This was in 1990. But The Craft. Girl, that's my era. I get you. (laughs) Right. Exactly. 90s. Come on. And um, there was four witches and they had power and they were being bullied. And so they used this witchcraft power to gain power and control over the people that were hurting them. Well, me watching that, even though I knew my parents would say, absolutely not, that's demonic. I did not heed that word at the time. I just saw it and I thought, wow, this is a way for me to gain power. And I began to study the religion of Wiccan. And so that's what I did. And I, I secretly would sneak into witchcraft stores that they, were, they weren't called witchcraft stores. They were called you know, sure. new age stores, Elysian fields and all these stores with crystals and spell books and star signs and all of this stuff. And I thought I was like a kid in the candy store. I was literally stealing these things, putting them in my school backpack and running out just so I could study how to do this. And so that just spiraled out of control. And before I knew it, I was a 16, 17 years old, sneaking out, stealing my mom's car. And I would go to parties. And at this time, the ecstasy scene came out and um, techno music and the rave scene. And I would go to people I didn't even know, strangers, adults. They didn't know I was a teenager and they would give me drugs. And I became a drug addict. Long story short, I got a a lot going out in my family. I was kicked out. I was abused by my mom. I went to my dad's. He kicked me out. I dropped out of school. And before I knew it, I was 17 and I was homeless. I had a backpack and I'm walking the streets, not knowing I was homeless, but I didn't have anywhere to go. Nobody would take me in. And I called wow. friends on a pay phone. Come on, somebody, if you remember pay Come phone. Come on. <laughs> I would beg for quarters, get the quarters, call friends. Can I come stay with you? They say, my parents don't want you here. You know, I was, I was that black sheep. I mean, I just hear the assignment of the enemy against you. I mean, yeah. there was an all out assault yeah. from the womb, like you said, to take your life out, which all that does to me is scream how much of a destiny you have. Because yeah. the enemy doesn't work overtime in order to rob something of a person who doesn't have incredible yeah. destiny and influence, which you're living out now, which is so powerful. How did you go from all of that negative exposure of a so-called God and come into a relationship with Jesus and you experience the love of God. I know there's a journey there, but can you break that down for, for those that are listening? Because many people hear your story and they're like, oh my word, how does someone like that encounter God? Yeah. Well, it's beautiful because the Lord, he came after me. And so at 17, from that point on, I was a full-blown drug addict for nine years. I was in and out of jail and actually became a heroin addict. I was Mm. say a heroin junkie. I really was a junkie. And then I got on um, meth. And so, you know, two of the most strongest holds on people, one so very physical was heroin. If I didn't have it, my body literally wanted to go in shock, almost died from not having it. But I remember being locked up. I prayed. I asked the Lord to help me. I was pregnant. I got pregnant with my daughter who's 11 now and I was I had not showered for days I had not eaten for days pregnant not eaten couldn't remember the last time I had wow. a bottle of water I mean so I was wow. literally dying 
I remember crying out to God. I'd reached the lowest point of my life. I was just like, this is my life. I'm literally, if I don't get help, I'm going to die out here on these streets. Someone's going to kill me. They're going to slit my throat. I'm going to end up in prison. I was literally running at that time. I had a warrant. I'd been running for about a year and a half, hiding from the cops. I was sleeping in people's sheds. I was hiding in people's backyards. They didn't even know I was living in their backyard. Like that's how crazy it was. I was eating head to toe by mosquito bites in the Florida heat. And um, I cried out. I screamed. I said, God, help me. That was my prayer. Yeah. And I got wow. arrested. Hallelujah. So you, when you pray, you just don't know how God's going to move. He, he got me arrested. <laughs> I was actually so happy to be arrested because I was so tired. Of yeah, running. I get that. And I was so yeah. hungry, like hungry, like legitimately hungry. I knew right. Karen, was right. my daughter, she was hungry. I mean, she was an infant inside me growing. And so the, um, the judge and everybody, they sentenced me to a rehab. And so I literally got what they call jailhouse religion. It was jailhouse relationship. And I said, God, if you just get me out of this, I was facing 15 years in prison and God, he got me out of that. The judge looked at me and said, young lady, if you come back here, it's it. That's it for you. We're not going to give you another chance. We're going to see. I said, please judge. I said, send me to rehab. Don't send me back on the streets with probation. Don't do that because I'm going to use. I said, I have to be honest. And he said, because you've been honest, we're going to give you another chance. And um, I went in a rehab and that's where the Lord began to encounter me. And once I got out, my daughter was a year. I literally spent a year in there and I, I got out and I began to just seek God, you know, pray, read my Bible. I was still a mess. Krista, I was, I was so demonized legitimately. I was tortured all the time. Even though I love God, I gave my heart to God. Right, I right, worship. Yeah. A sweet pastor, bless his heart, put me on a platform. My God, <laughs> he didn't know the, 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 the straight craziness, <laughs> the rebellion he was going to have to handle. But he did. He, he, he put me up there. And I remember when the Lord said, come down off that platform. It was three and a half years of me being a worship leader. And the Lord said, come down off the platform. And I went to the pastor and said, the Lord is telling me to come down. I went to a deliverance service and the lady prayed for me. And I literally began to manifest after being saved for several years, I began to growl. And it was like watching a movie that I could not stop. I had Christian people that went to church with me that brought me there and were watching. So it wasn't like, oh, you know, you just fabricate. No, legitimately, it was like, I couldn't even stop what was coming out of my mouth, what I was doing. I lunged at this Christian woman of God and they had to restrain me. They had several men hold me down and I got delivered. And once I got delivered, the Lord would just call me into the secret place. When I got home, I would just hear the Lord say, why don't you come and worship me? And so that's beautiful. Yeah. I would get my guitar and I didn't even know what prophetic worship was. I never heard these words. They didn't use these words in my church. And so I would just play my guitar. And I would say, holy are you, Lord God almighty. And then all of a sudden, the Lord would say, Jennifer, because I love (laughs) you. You're my daughter and I've called you. And I was singing that. And I'm over there going, Mm. what in the world? Because I'd never heard anything. I never heard the song of the Lord. And that's how I began to reconstruct and revive my life. And when that happened, it was literally hours of this. My husband would come home. I would be out 
in the Holy Ghost on the floor for hours. He would, he'd be so used to step over me and go make dinner. And my daughter was there being homeschooled and I'm like out in the glory all day. And she's playing <laughs> over me in the glory, singing over me. I mean, and that's how God encountered me. I know it's a strange story, but that's how he it's did it. It's an awesome story. So I want to kind of pull that apart for our listeners. You know, so many times we can think, you know, I've asked Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior and I'm loving God and I'm serving the church and I'm saved. But I want you to speak to just from your story, right? Let's talk about that. Here you are leading worship and yet there's demonic bondage and kind of that journey of discovering the that actually there was bondage, not full freedom. Yeah, absolutely. I love this. And it is a controversial topic. And I think because people don't have a revelation or clear understanding of even what it means to be, like you said, have a demonic stronghold. So people will go, can a Christian be possessed? And, you know, it's funny that I'm going to talk about being delivered of demons, but I'm going to say, no, a Christian cannot be possessed because possessed would mean ownership. But the real correct, a better word for that is, can a Christian be demonized? And that answer is absolutely, absolutely. Right, right. When we look at the Bible, Krista, it actually says people were running to Jesus, meaning, hey, I believe you. I believe you can help (laughs) me. So they were believers and he healed them and delivered them of being demonized and having demons. And so absolutely. And so I want to speak to that. And I really feel strongly that people are listening. I literally can see tears falling. See, that's the power of the Holy Ghost that you're sensing right right. now. And you feel tears, you feel stirring in your stomach. You feel that's the Holy Ghost moving because it's just who he is. We sing that is who you are. Well, he is the deliverer. And so he he lets right. allows this story to go forth because we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the the word of our testimony. The power in the testimony can break somebody out. I've had thousands of people message me say, "I heard your testimony," and all of a sudden I begin to manifest and didn't even know that I needed deliverance. Come on. I think when people are in church, there's this thing of, I have Jesus, so I can't have any demonic stronghold, in you, on you, off you, above you. Listen, honey, I'm not going to debate that. (laughs) He's got to go wherever he is. Right? Wherever it is, just get it off. Go in Jesus' name. If you're in my mind, if you're tormenting me in my sleep, you got to go. If you're in my children's room and they are screaming because you turn the lights off, that's a problem. You got to go. Correct. pattern and a cycle over and over and over and fall into sin. Well, devil, you got to go. I'm not going to sit here and somebody is the on in off around hovering in love, but no go in the name of Jesus, because he's given us authority. And some people go, well, will you lay hands on me, Jenny? God wants you to lay hands on yourself at this point and say, no, enough is enough. We are living in the day and age right now where I wish the church would get that boldness, that, that, the apostles and the disciples and the women of God, even that were walking with Jesus, they walked through a city and they turned it upside down. We have that Come same on. And so yes, we if do. he did it for me, if he did it for a girl that was literally sleeping in people's sheds and in their backyards, then he'll do it for you. He's no risk 
respecter of persons. And I believe that God is going to use this to set somebody free. I literally hear strongholds of perversion will be broken on this life. They're being Come broken on. in the name of Jesus. Strongholds of anger, deep rage. There's rejection that's coming up and out in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Spirits of infirmity, they have to go in the name of Amen. Jesus. And so oh, I'm turning it over to you because I feel a preach and I, I, I don't want to preach. <laughs> Girl, you can preach anytime because I'll preach right with you. I love, love, love what you're saying. You know, I've been someone that's been in the church, you know, my whole life. And I was one of those that, you know, I experienced people uh, casting demons out. And I was always a little mystified that people struggled with the fact that people could be up in church declaring Jesus as their Lord and Savior and not believe there couldn't be a stronghold. And here's why. Because we can all open up gates in our life. You know, there's an eye gate, what we watch. There's an ear gate, what we listen to. There's a mouth gate. There's sexual immorality. We can participate. You know, it says in the word of God that we not sin against our own bodies. That's what that's talking about. So you can open up, let's call it gateways into your life. There's doorways you can open up. You can love God, but that doesn't mean you can't you don't sin. And our sin has consequences. It has spiritual consequences. It has natural consequences. And for us to be ignorant in those consequences can actually create a bondage and a stronghold. And another word, people are comfortable with an oppression. My whole thing is just like you, Jenny. I don't care if it's oppressing me, coming at me, just get it out of me. If it's not Jesus, get it off of me. If it's not, I'm not worried about semantics. I just want the devil and the strongholds broken for people. So I've seen so many people get free and I've been involved in inner healing courses. I've seen freedom in my own life. I've prayed with people and been a part of deliverance for other people because I'm passionate about our authority in Christ Jesus. And where there's the blood, there can be no darkness. And Come so on. I want you to speak to, you talked about as a teenager, you saw the craft, you saw four girls have power. You begin to study and practice the religion of Wiccan. And that is, that is so prevalent. And there's a lot of girls, even in the youth groups in the churches today that think white magic is okay because it's not black magic. Um, and there's such a casualness of Wiccan practices, of new age practices. Uh, just to speak to this real quick, uh, two weeks ago, I was at a women's conference on the East Coast. Before I got to minister, the Lord said there are there's a woman in this room. It was a room of probably 1,200 women gathering. And they said the Lord said, there's a woman in this room that called a psychic hotline this week because she's been looking for an answer, but she's looking to the wrong source. If she identifies herself, uh, I have a word for her and I'm going to give her the answer she's looking for. But I also want you to break the stronghold of the demonic and close the door that she opened, I would love for you to speak to it, which by the way, let me finish that real quick. Uh, two women ended up identifying. They both got slain in the Holy Spirit. One started speaking in tongues, which was so awesome. The word of the Lord, I got to prophesy over them. They're weeping. They've encountered God, but they just got exposed. The psychic hotlines is the counterfeit version of what God wants to release over people. And yet people are seeking, but the source they go to could not be more important in this hour. Being someone that's walked it like you have, I want you to speak to something that so many people don't believe it's actually real. It is really actually wild that it's so prevalent in the church now. And I would say that the enemy has been working over time to push this agenda and it has crept into the church. It's crept in unaware. And in some parts it is aware. And people have just said, it's no big deal. Well, God made the stars. So why can't I consult the stars? Well, God made the stone. So why can't I have the stone? 
That's like me saying, well, God made the heroin. It's on the earth. That's where we got it from. So why can't I have it? So these are, like you said, these are gateway things. Any source that you go to for power or for any other reason uh, is not of God. Any source that's not the Holy Ghost, you are really stepping on dangerous grounds. And I would give a warning to anyone listening. I have walked through this. I I know what this is like. I know what it's like to read horoscopes and just be, it's not a big deal. I understand what it's like to call myself a Capricorn, even though the world, the Bible actually has never said that that's my identity. That's not who I am. That's not what that's my God so is. Good. And so I understand that the chakras have crept in. I understand that people now Christians are burning sage, which by the way, guys, when I was a practicing witch, when I went into a home, I got bundles of sage with the another witch who came from a whole line, a generation of witches, and we would burn sage to wow. actually, quote unquote, rid the house of evil spirits when all we did was open the door and now we had sage smelling demons in the house. That's all it's <laughs> doing. And so we were right. going, no, this is my answer. Listen, guys, we cannot dabble in the world. God is calling us. Come you on. need to be holy as I am holy. The only source that you need to be healed is the blood of Jesus. You don't need a healing crystal. You don't need a healing anything, but God, his blood, his stripes. And I'm telling you, these are dangerous things. And so I'm calling the church back to a place of consecration and holiness. And it's not overly religious. The devil is so sneaky, Krista. He's literally yes. twisted the minds of people. I know Christians, good friends of mine, actually, who I've had a word like that about the psychics. I said, I can tell in this room that there's, there's yes. some... And you know what it was? It was a death in the family, a loss of someone they loved. And actually for this person, it was a dear, dear child. And they had mm. been going to, because they longed for the voice of their child yes. so much right. that the world and the devil had deceived them that they were hearing this voice. If you're hearing the voice of a loved one that has passed on, you are hearing what I call a familiar spirit that has mimicked the voice. I love you. And I, I my heart goes out to you. And I do care about your sorrow. But let me yes, tell you, yes. there is a divide. And the Lord does not allow the people that have passed on to come back and speak to you. If your grandmother is showing up in your room, you need to get, you need to get the blood of Jesus and just begin to. That's right. the blood. And so, yeah, yes. I want to speak to that guys. Be careful what you're letting in your home. Be careful what you're letting on your TV. You saw what I watched. And so, you know, I tell people, me and my daughter, we don't sit around and watch Harry Potter. And then these little c- cartoons that go, all the kids say this with me. And then they say these magic words That's and it, they have right? the repeating these words and people are just over they're drinking coffee and the kids are doing incantations in the home. We've got to stand up and Come be the church on. of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't cast out a devil that you're sitting there entertaining in your own home. You know, the root Come word is entertainment. That root word is enter. Come on in. Whatever you, whatever's oh. on the TV. Come on in. You can come in here. No, not in my house. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You can call me overly strict, but I am going to <laughs> remain standing for the things of Amen. God, period. You know what I love is some people, like you said, if you call her strict or crazy, I, I what I call it is someone who knows the reality of someone's ignorance. 
And so someone can walk ignorantly having no idea and they think it's just a cute little cartoon. It's just a cute little show. It's just four girls kind of doing some seance, but it doesn't really have any real source. No, we have to understand we live in a day where the enemy is not playing. And so we cannot be casual with what we allow because we are foolish to think we can allow occultic entertainment and it doesn't have some sort of bearing on our spirit. Because just like when we're in the presence of God, we're in the things of the Lord, right? It impacts us. There's an impartation. There's an absorbing that we were created to do. You know, it talks about in the word of God, when, when Mary was often at the feet of Jesus, she listened. And if you look at the original of that word, listen, it means to absorb, to give rapt attention. But that word absorbed is really important. When we're in the presence of God, our spirits absorb, our minds absorb. We have to understand we were created to absorb. So the question is, what are you absorbing, right? The question is, whatever you're feasting your eyes on, whatever you're feasting your ears on, it's like your body is participating. You are absorbing those things. Do you want those things duplicated in your life? You know, one of the questions I want to bring, because I want your insight to it, is what do you feel like are some of the principles of deliverance? And how do you identify roots of strongholds? Because we have people that are listening and they're like, man, I've I've done those things. I've called the 1-900. I've called the 1-800 psychic. I've, I've done the chakra. I've participated in in classes that teach me meditation. I've done incantation. I've been a part of a seance. That stuff is real, you know? And so we have these principles of deliverance. And I love that you said, lay your hands on yourself. Come on. What are the principles of deliverance that we need to look for? Wow. That's a great question. I think the two things that come to mind for me is to be in a place of repentance, be in a place of forgiveness. Now, when you start to go into these two things and you see, you sit before the Lord, you submit yourself unto God. See the scripture people love to use Krista is resist the devil and he shall flee. And so you have a lot of people go, devil, you better go. But wait, 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 let's back up a little bit. That doesn't say that. It says, therefore, submit yourselves unto God, period. Resist the devil and he shall flee. But you you can choose these scriptures and think that you're going to see the fulfillment of it. You have to have the fullness of the word. And so we need to submit. So you need to lay down. You're going, oh God, I don't want to deal with this anger anymore. But over here on the side, we've got, we're creeping on the phone with Tyrone every once in a while. (laughs) We can't do that. We, you can't, you have to be all the way in. So I really feel like the practical thing is that you go before the Lord and you say, Lord, here I am. And you let the Lord do, remember when the people needed deliverance, they had to go to Jesus. They couldn't just stay on another, uh, another place and go, well, I hope he just comes. God, whenever you're ready to set me free, come set me free. No, you have, he's not just going to drop in your lap and go, I'm ready to free you. You need to submit. And then when you get in the presence of the Lord, you stay in the presence of God. You need to let the Lord know, God, I repent of this sin. I repent of anything that is in my heart that I thought that I know about that I don't know about. God, I renounce. And then you say the thing that you renounce. I renounce it. I come out of covenant with this. I come out of covenant with rejection. I come, I renounce whatever it is, perversion, pornography, pillage. I renounce. I come out of covenant with it in the name of Jesus. If it's a soul tie, I come out of covenant. I sever that with the word of God. And then one of the big things I found, Chris, is that people get a lot of freedom is when they begin to 
to say, I forgive because Ooh, come on. I noticed that. that it's a big deal. Someone will say, well, can you, I need to be delivered of drug addiction. But when I start talking to them and I say, well, what happened, you know, back then and how did you, and we do the whole story. Well, back in the day, my dad did this to me. And I remember when this, when he, know, he made fun of me. And ever since that day, okay, now we found a root. Now we have a root of bitterness here. Right. Have you forgiven your dad? Oh yeah, I've forgiven him. But when you think about it, how do you feel? Well, it makes me really sad. It makes me feel like crying. Okay, sometimes those signals of emotional, like you're stressed, your stomach's turning, you want to turn the thought off. You kind of buried it so far that there's, you're just emotionless. You And the Lord loves to deal with those things. And so say, God, I give this to you. God, I forgive my dad. I forgive my mom. I forgive if it's an ex, if it's a spouse, if it's somebody in your life, if it's a pastor, if it's a leader, it's a mentor, I forgive them. And if you're having trouble, and I know because, you know, Chris, the people are going to be listening and they've dealt with some very traumatic things, rape, molestation. That's a very deep, deep thing. And if it's hard for you to do that, then, you know, I've always said that you pray and you ask the Lord, God, I I need your help with this because in your own Mm -hmm. strength, you can do nothing. But with God, all things are possible and you can do all things through Christ who gives you the strength. And remember, people were in the act of murdering him. That's like watching someone murder you and say, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. So that person that molested you, that person that left you, abandoned you, hurt you, abused you, they didn't know, even though you say, yeah, they knew. No, not the full depth of what they were doing, not the generational depth that was passed down from person to person to person and is now resonating in you. No, they didn't know the depth of it. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And when you start to do that, honey, if you got to do it every day, you better do it every day until you feel the breakthrough. And then if you need to go and get some follow-up, I suggest that you do that. Get to a spirit-filled church and go to the leadership with your pastor and say, pastor, pastor's wife, I would love for y'all to pray with me. I feel like I need some deliverance and I would love for you to lay hands on me. Don't be afraid. Deliverance is a beautiful thing. I'm not ashamed. That's right. Happened to me. That's right. It's beautiful that Jesus, I remember, listen, Chris, when I was being delivered, the lady said, where's Jenny? She said to the demons that were talking out of me, where's Jenny right now? And they said, he has her. Wow. And, she said, and they said, they said, Jesus. And, wow. and at that moment, I could see me as a little girl and I could see Jesus hovering over and these demons were coming at me and they were, but he was pushing them back and he pulled me out. And so it's wow. so beautiful. I'm telling you, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to be delivered. And I believe that if you truly want to be delivered, ask, seek, and you'll find and knock and the door will be open to you. Wow. Your testimony, your life today is one of the most beautiful pictures of not only the kindness, but also the authority of Christ Jesus. You know, you can have in the spiritual and in the natural all odds against you. You were born addicted, and yet you're now helping people walk out freedom from addiction, right? I mean, everything the enemy has used against you, you're now using for the glory of God. And some of our listeners need to be reminded that the battle they're facing today will one day become the testimony of their greatest place of breakthrough and authority. Because where you're getting attacked is where God wants to use you. God writes stories of hope and restoration, non-negotiable. 
as we kind of just come to a close, I could talk to you honestly for hours because you're not only amazing, but you're wise and you're profound. What are kind of just, if you have any final thoughts for our listeners? I think I would say that witchcraft is the sin of rebellion. And so many people unknowingly are rebelling against God and God in his mercy is calling back the prodigals, people that are in the church that love the Lord, but a part of their life has rebelled against God. Some things that they've let in, they are snares, they're traps. And the Lord is so amazing. He's so loving that he's allowing something like this to go forth so he can say, come home. I want you at my feet. I want you restored. I want you healed. And I want you delivered. Not tomorrow, not the next day, now, right at this moment. And so the Lord heals so the Lord can heal. So if there's something in your life, if God's just brought something to your memory and you go, wow, I never thought about that. I feel like God wants me to lay that down. You didn't just think of that on your own. That's the beautiful Holy Spirit in your life. You may go, God's not moving in my life. If you just thought of an area that you need to lay down, that's a true sign that the Holy Ghost is moving in you. You can trust the Lord. And I just feel like there's more for you. You're listening. You thought, wow, this is a a bad situation. I'm at the end of my rope. I didn't, I don't know what to do, where to go. God has set it up like this because he hears, he sees, and he knows. He knows your name, just like he saw me in the shed, just like he saw me in the dark places. And yet he was constantly constantly wooing and calling me out and he set my feet on solid ground and he's doing it Mm. for you today. Come on. So good. You know, Jenny, I know so many people are going to want to get in touch with you. How can people get connected with you? Well, they could go um, to my website. It's JennyWeaverWorships.com. Everything's easy. It's just Jenny Weaver Worships across the board. That's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. I love the social media people. Come on. So I am (laughs) on there, y'all. No, I'm on there. And so I would love to have uh, people connect with me there. I'm very uh, visual there meaning I am actively answering people's comments. I'm actually actively answering people's messages. If I don't get to your message, it's not because I don't see it. It's just because I'm trying to do one thing at a time, (laughs) y'all. It can be a lot. I get get thousands like you guys probably get thousands of messages a day. Um, And also I would encourage everybody to check out my story on on the 700 Club. They redid my story on Sid Roth as well. I really encourage you guys find out more about this amazing woman. Ginny, thanks so much for coming and just being a part and taking time out of your vacation uh, to be a part of the Keep It 100 podcast. Thank you for having me. Wow. That was so powerful. Oh my God. I'm hard pressed to think of a recent story and testimony that was so mesmerizing and so replete with the delivering power of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, I could have talked to her for hours. It was such a powerful story of the transformation, the authority and the power of God. As always, Keep Your 100 Tribe, we have our Keep Your 100 Takeaways, but this week it's just one takeaway. And the takeaway is to understand this concept. You know, the Bible emphasizes over and over that the major attack of the end times will be deception. So if we recognize that the end time major attack of the enemy of us as believers will be deception, then if that's the case, the greatest weaponry of the end time believer is discernment. 
So if you're going to be hit with deception, you have to have discernment. Matthew 24, 24 speaks of the end times, and it says that even if possible, the elect would be deceived. So what does a discerning mind do? Because remember, this one takeaway is that you and I must grow in discernment. A discerning mind demonstrates wisdom and insight to go beyond what is seen and heard. So it's so easy to judge everything based on what you see or what you hear in the natural, but we understand God's word is spiritually discerned. To the human mind without the spirit, the things of God are foolishness. So you have to understand behind everything you see, you have to recognize there is a spirit realm, you need spiritual discernment. Listen to me. A discerning person will acknowledge the worth of the word of God, that all of his words are just, none of them uh, will fall to the ground. And so you have to begin by understanding that you acknowledge the worth of the word of God. And discernment ought to be a goal for us. We ought to have a goal. So what is it simply put? We're commanded to have discernment in this way. Romans 12, 9 says to hate what is evil, cling to what is good. So if we're going to be a discerning people, you have to hate what is evil, cling to what is good. But unless we have true discernment, how can we determine what is evil and what is good? So in order to maintain the purity of the gospel, the church must distinguish truth from lies and error. We have to recognize what is of God, what is of the devil, what is truly of the spirit, what is born of wisdom that comes from above, because wisdom demands that we're properly discriminate between what is best and what is merely good. Thanks so much for tuning into the Keep It 100 podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and refer us to your friends. And be sure to click that subscribe button so that you're alerted as soon as new episodes drop. Help us get the word out. Share this link on your social media platforms and check us out at seanandkristasmith.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Sean and Krista Smith Ministries. We would love to hear from you on how this podcast has impacted you. So be sure to show us some love. Keep it 100 Tribe, you're not going to want to miss our next episode as we're going to continue to go deeper on the topic of deliverance, witchcraft, and power encounters. And as always, remember, relief may change your circumstance, but a revelation will change you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Keep It 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram and seanandkristasmith.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep it